women have a unique role in creation. Women are the nurturers, the birth givers, the more spiritual of the genders. And Torah teaches that women have a special status. Join Mashi Lipska for the next hour as she expounds the Torah wisdom specific to women. Only on 101.9 High FM. Good Chodesh. Today's Rosh Chodesh Kislev. In Chabad history, it's an awesome day of celebration because 42 years ago, this was the day that after suffering a massive heart attack, the Rebbe finally emerged from his room after 38 days where the Chassidim didn't see him. He was ready to go home. The doctors permitted him to go home. And he went home amidst incredible rejoicing and singing. And what do you think a person, after suffering massive heart attacks at the age of 75, would do afterwards? Well, of course, he listened to the doctors. On the other hand, he was the Rebbe. And so often we would ask the Rebbe questions, even medical questions. And because we understood that there's a great spirit of Hashem that comes to those who study Hashem's Torah and live according to it, but who also possess a great soul and who also show incredible, incredible love, concern, and care. Like our patriarchs, like our seven shepherds, like Moshe Rabbeinu, putting themselves aside despite their stature, their intellectual stature, their incredible refinement, royalty, they do not seclude themselves in study and prayer, but reach out to share, to uplift, to nurture, and to reveal the soul in others. The Rebbe's life mission was to bring light, to help every man and woman discover, nurture, and stay true to the mission for which God put them into this world. And when the Rebbe grew ill with a sudden massive heart attack, obviously there was tremendous concern. And for five and a half weeks, the Rebbe wasn't seen. He was in his room. They had turned his room into a hospital, into an ICU, an intensive care unit. And when finally, on Rosh Chodesh Kislev, he went home for the first time, it became a celebration for us in our times. Because not only did he return home, but the next 15 years, much more was done than ever before. He began to work harder. He began to reach out to more people, to do things in a greater and more expansive way, programs and projects. Whatever happened before, 
could not be compared to what was going to come in those next incredible years. And so until he suffered his first major stroke at the beginning of 1992, the incredible, incredible achievements of Chabad just took on an entire different dimension. The name of the Parsha is Toldos. Toldos means generations, children, offspring, results, the next generation. What we work to bring into this world, to leave in this world, what we work to contribute in goodness to this world. And this past week, there was a huge gathering of the Shluchim of the Rebbe, emissaries of the Rebbe, many of our own Chabad Rabbonim were there. If you go to Chabad Shul, your rabbi might not have been here last Shabbos because there was a huge gathering, a kenis, the kenis hashluchim. And there, thousands and thousands of shluchim were reunited with their friends. They celebrated. They rejoiced. They studied. They danced. They were inspired and inspired one another. To do what? to go back to the Mekoim Hashlichus, the place where they have undertaken to settle for life with their families until Mashiach comes and beyond. So that the world becomes a dwelling place for God. We'll talk more about that after this. You're listening to Conversations with Mashi only on 101.9 High FM. So the name of the Parsha is Toldos. Toldos means children. And the Parsha gives us insight as to how to deal with our children. We have biological children, physical children, and not to forget, We have an obligation to others as well, our spiritual children. For our role in this world, number one as Jews, is to be a light, an example, a teacher. Not necessarily in word, but always in the way we present ourselves, the way we speak, and the way we behave, the choices that we make. But, of course, it does apply directly to raising children. Children are not always the children we dream of. Either their character is not what we thought they would be. We never thought we'd have a child with a temper or a child who doesn't share or a child who behaves in a way that doesn't bring us nachas and joy. Well, our patriarch Yitzchak and our matriarch Rivka prayed for many years to have a child. And eventually when Rivka was expecting, something strange was going on. Whenever she would pass the house of idol worship, the baby seemed to want to get out. 
But similarly, when she used to pass the yeshiva, the baby seemed to want to get out. She was very concerned, in addition to the fact that it was very painful. What kind of split personality child is this? What kind of strange meaning is there to the behavior of this child that she was carrying? And so what did she do? She went to consult in the yeshiva. She went to the yeshiva of shame and aver, and she went to speak to the tzaddik of the generation there to ask, what is going on? Why did I want this pregnancy so badly if it's just so impossibly difficult, painful? And what am I bringing into the world? Well, there was an amazing revelation that was about to take place to her, and that was it wasn't one baby but two. And not only was it a baby, but these children were going to be two opponents in the world. They were going to be two great forces, two great nations. And each one of them was going to leave their mark on the world. Rivka, at that point, she went to the base medrash of shame so that he could tell her, shame the son of Noach, the big tzaddik, tell her what's going to be What's going to be the eventuality? What's how, How's it all going to play out? And the divine spirit rested upon him, and he said to her, You've got greatness inside of you, but there are two. And there's going to be a lifelong battle between not only the two children, a struggle between the two children, but a struggle between their descendants as well. And that is something that we have until this day. When one becomes strong, the other one becomes weak. They cannot both be strong at the same time. When one gets strong, the other one falls. The Rebbe explains, we are in the exile of Esau. It's called Golos Edoim. And until this day, the draw, the pull to things of the world which Esau excelled at is all around us, tempts us, calls us, makes us want to move in that direction. It's a very powerful pull. On the other hand, inside of us there's an ashama soul that wants to go in the other direction, the spiritual direction. And our job is to live both, to draw them both together and combine them both. But the Parsha is about raising children raising children, raising ourselves. It's amazing. When we are raising children, it's such a daunting role because how old are we anyhow? What do we know anyhow? 
and yet we're given this awesome task to raise pure souls that have just arrived in this world, and they're counting on us. This incredible meme was sent to me this morning. When you're a kid, you don't realize you're also watching your mom and dad grow up. My daughter Jeannie sent it from Beijing to me. When you're a kid, you don't realize you're also watching your mom and dad grow up. Which is why those of us who've been blessed with more than one or two children, with children that were born to us at the beginning, maybe in our 20s, and then others born in our 30s, and maybe some of us in our 40s. Somehow the parenting is different. We are different. Here, Yitzchak becomes a parent at the age of 40. Rivka is 23. They've been married now for 20 years. And let's see what lessons we can learn in parenting from Rivka and Yitzchak. First of all, let's look at the patriarch Yitzchak. Yitzchak is Gevura. Gevura is discipline, justice, boundaries, being exact, strong. Rivka was raised in the home of Lavan. And in that home, the home of Lavan, there was that negative, conniving other side, as it were. And they now come together to raise these two, two children, Yaakov ve'esov. Rashi says, who are the childos? Who are the children, the generations, the offspring of Yitzchak? He says, two. They are the Yaakov and the Esav who are mentioned, who are spoken about in the parsha. In other words, both of them are the offspring of Yitzchak. The entire Parsha, as any name, tells you the contents of the thing, the nature of the thing, especially the Parshas and the Torah, because our greats, the Gdoilim of Yisrael, the Poskim of Yisrael, designated those names. So the Torah, the word Torah means guidance, lesson. So this week, we have the Torah about Toldos, the lessons, the guidance in children, in generations, in offspring. Everything in the Parsha have to contribute wisdom to that because so many things happen to our patriarchs and matriarchs that are not detailed in the Torah. But anything that is applies to us clearly, exactly. We have the teaching, Masay Avais, Simon Levonim. Whatever happened, whatever Torah details to us especially about the happenings in the lives of our patriarchs, it's a sign, it's a lesson, it's an indicator for us. 
So everything in the Parsha is here to teach us something. So we understand about Yaakov. Yaakov is an inward person, studious person, respectful person. Yaakov fits the mold. Yaakov is a tzaddik. Yaakov is clearly whoever he is, what you see is what you get. But Esav, he's another story. How can the story of Esav be a lesson and a guide? Yeah, not just Yaakov, but Esav. And they fight with each other. And we're struggling in the very same way. But let's talk a little bit about this. This is the only parsha really dedicated to Yitzchak. We have a mention of his marriage in the previous parsha, but it's really the parsha of Avraham. He only passes away, or the Torah only records it at the end of last week's parsha. Yitzchak gets one parsha, and after that, Yaakov gets six. Where was Yitzchak all this time? Interestingly, we're told that after the Akedah, the binding of Isaac, Yitzchak went up to Gan Eden, to the Garden of Eden, for three years. Many things must have happened in his life till the age of 40. And highlights, like the binding of Isaac, that incredible, incredible experience where he was totally, totally there. Being in Gan Eden, in the Garden of Eden for three years, but none of that is the real intention of why God created the world. Those are preparations. The real intention is to have children. Having children, physical children, biological children, spiritual children, affecting and raising the children. And we're told that when Rivka met him in last week's parasha, and it says, Yitzchak went out to pray in the field. And then she saw him, and he was so handsome and so special. And then he took her into his mother's tent, and eventually he married her. And he loved her. And there it says he was comforted after his mother. And the question is asked, why did he mourn for so long? She had passed away three years earlier. And according to the law, we mustn't mourn excessively. Twelve months to mourn for a parent. And then no longer to mourn. To live doubly, yes, to put our energies and whatever pain there is into positive things, but not active mourning. So how could it be that the patriarch Yitzchak, who is one of our three models of Maasei Avois Simon Levonim, should God forbid mourn for three years? And our sages tell us, from the arcade of the binding, he went straight into Gan Eden. He did not know that his mother had passed away. And only when he came out, Vayetze Yitzchak, and Yitzchak came out from where did he come out from? Gan Eden. He found out 
Oi, and he mourned, but it was only for a short time because then Rivka was there and he was immediately comforted. So many things happened, but the main focus of a person's life is children, generations, accomplishments here in this world, physical accomplishments. And what was Yitzchak's life work? Yitzchak's work was personified with digging wells. Yitzchak was the one who dug wells and uncovered living water, despite the fact that all you see on the surface is dust and earth and pebbles. You dig deeper, you find rocks. But Yitzchak had gvura. Yitzchak went forward and he dug. And the Rebbe explains that every child, every person has a neshoma, a soul, which is his be'er ma'im chayim, his wellspring of living waters. And the world covers over our spirituality, our essence, and Yaakov, well, his essence was revealed. But Esau's essence was hidden. And from here we understand that if Yaakov, if, sorry, if Yitzchak's life's work was to dig wells physically, you know, to dig wells so that towns and villages could be established there, and he was improving the world for mankind, we understand why. Yitzchak wanted to bless Esav. His whole life he was digging wells, which means that even in a place that it looks like there's only dust and only earth and only pebbles, through digging and digging deep, deep in the ground, he would reveal that even in that place there is a wellspring of living water. And spiritually that means to reveal in a place that looks totally devoid of godliness, devoid of the holiness of the Holy One, blessed be He, the Creator, who has created and continues to create everything. Through digging deep, we can reveal that even there, there is a spark of holiness. We'll be right back after this break. You're listening to Conversations with Meshi only on 101.9 High FM. And we're speaking about how could it be that Yitzchak, the saintly Yitzchak, who spent three years in the Garden of Eden, who had incredible, incredible divine insight, should mistake God forbid, wanting to give the blessings to the wrong son. But not at all. It wasn't that at all. Instead, instead, it tells us an entirely different approach and story. Yitzchak knew very, very well who this child was. But he was hoping that by blessing him, those 
inner qualities, the essence of his soul would be revealed. And as Yitzchak was Givura, had this incredible, incredible strength, so did Esav. He saw that Esav was like him in essence, but he wanted to uncover, reveal that essence. He wanted to give Esav the strength to remove the earth, the dust, the pebbles, the rocks. He saw that he was totally far from serving Hashem. But even though that was his external, he hoped that through digging, through hard work, it would become possible to reveal the essence of his soul, which came from a higher source, even than the soul of Yaakov. And the essence of his soul is that he's connected to God. He has a neshama. He's one with God. Well, what's the lesson for us? If Yitzchak Avinu, the patriarch Yitzchak, was so busy putting so much effort and thought and intent into revealing the essence of the soul of Esau and tying it, connecting it to serving God, how much more so must we work hard, even with those who seem so far, far from the Torah, far from serving God. We must take a lesson from this week's parsha and reveal the essence of their soul where Mayim Chaim, living water, flows. And giving them the love that Yitzchak showered, the blessings that he showered upon Esau, in order that they come back to their truth, to the way of their fathers. But how? How does one receive those blessings? How does one have success in this? We have the lesson from the exchange between Rivka and her son Yaakov. Yaakov, in truth, spiritually was connected to the soul of Adam, Adam. And Adam transgressed by eating from the tree of knowledge between good and evil. And the way this had to be rectified was to do something that was above knowledge and reason, above das, and that means mesiras nefesh. That means not understanding but doing. That means accepting the yoke of the heavenly kingdom and not doing what's in your nature but above your nature, which is what we see here in Yitzchak. Yitzchak, who's givura, strength, discipline, should have treated Esav with strictness, we think. But he treated him with chesed. He went above and beyond in order to try and help that person reach his full potential. Yaakov. Where did he understand that he had to do this from, from his mother? Where did his mother come from? She grew up in the house of cheats, tricksters. Her father, Besuel, her brother, Lavon. 
Lovin, whose name means white, wanted everyone to think he was lily white. And Rivka said to Yaakov, go and do this. Pretend you're your brother. Let's trick your father. And any question that Yaakov asked her, maybe my father will figure it out and curse me. What was Rivka's answer? She said, let that curse be upon me. And still, the devoted son Yaakov went. How could he, God forbid, endanger the mother whom he loved so much just to get these blessings for himself? But what he understood from this, he understood that if she is willing to have that self-sacrifice, nothing matters except my son Yaakov will get these blessings, then he too must have self-sacrifice because it's that important. And what were the blessings? Mital hashomayim umishmane ha'aretz. From the dew of the heavens and the fat of the land. This is the intention of creation which has to be carried through by each one of us to join the physical and the spiritual together. We cannot ignore either. Both and together are what God intended, that we live in this world totally, but that each thing is used to bring about what's called a Kiddush Hashem, to reveal the essence. And here we are today on Rosh Chodesh Kislev. The work of the Rebbe, the 15 years after the heart attack, was incredible. You couldn't compare it to what was accomplished or done outside in the world before that. Kislev, a month of miracles above nature. It's a month of mazel. It's a month of healing. It's a month of salvation. How do we achieve all of this? Well, we just have to look at the Maccabim. We have to look at it, that they went to war. It was something they had to do practically, not just pray, but to actually go into battle, go with what's natural in the world, as it were. And then God brought about a great, godly, miraculous salvation above the laws of nature, where the few won over the many, the weak won over the mighty, the pure over the impure. And they returned to the temple, and they cleansed the temple, and they were given the gift of being able to reinstate, re-inaugurate the work in the temple. So back to educating or raising our children and the way we need to reach out to potential spiritual children. Let's share a story, a story that really happened. The late Professor Velvel Green, you might remember he was a scientist working for NASA, the space program. And he was once discussing space travel with the Rebbe. And the Rebbe brought up this problem that NASA had had for which they had found an ingenious solution. And that was basically, in order to move a spaceship from the ground to the space beyond the Earth's atmosphere, you need a lot of thrust. 
and fuel needs to be used to push that rocket into the atmosphere. The problem is that in order to push a heavy object, you need a lot of fuel. To hold more fuel, you need a bigger container. The bigger container means there's more weight, which means to carry that up there, you also need more thrust and therefore more fuel and therefore a larger container and so on. And the Rebbe, with great admiration, said, you know how NASA solved that problem? And their solution carries a lesson in Avodah Hashem, in serving God. And then he told Professor Green, they created the Saturn rocket, which has a number of stages. First, there's a huge thruster that lifts the rocket from Earth to overcome the pull of gravity. It's fed by a huge fuel tank. But once that fuel is used up, the container is now dead weight, and so the container is discarded. Now they have a lighter load. Then a lesser amount of fuel can take them further. And when the fuel from the second and lighter container is used, that container is also jettisoned. The same is done after each stage, continually lightening the load and enabling further travel. And the lesson for us, the professor asked, well, the Rebbe said, the Pasuk says, the verse states, educate the child according to his own path. When he's little, you want to reward him with things that appeal to him, give him sweets. It's something petty, but it inspires him to propel himself to move forward. When he starts learning a little more, you can change the incentive, maybe buy him a bicycle as he grows and matures. And he goes past that particular stage. His motivation for material or spiritual advancement also grows, also advances. And as he grows and matures, what was previously considered fuel may now become dead weight and can hinder his further travel. So it's a spiritual journey now that we're looking at. And we must discard and trade in what previously attracted us, propelled us, brought us into Yiddishkeit, and now opt for a higher form of motivation and inspiration. Because what propelled us yesterday might be holding us back today. And so it's growth. So it's effort on ourselves and with our dear ones. And of course, our obligation as parents never ends. We are the ones who need to inspire, encourage, bless, educate, show self-sacrifice, and please God then, our children are truly B'nai Yaakov, B'nai Yisrael. And whatever we do in this world is productive and eternal. Good Chodesh, good Shabbos.